This is NBC Nightly News, Friday, February 14th, with John Chancellor. Tonight, reported by Tom Brokaw from the NBC News Center in New York, and David Brinkley's Journal from Washington. Good evening. Wholesale prices in January dropped for the second straight month, and that means the rate of inflation is slowing down, but it also is further confirmation of the recession. Wholesale prices dropped three-tenths of a percent in January. Overall, wholesale prices still are 17% higher than they were a year ago, but the trend now may be in the other direction, downward. Most of the January decline was the result of lower food prices. They were off a full 1%. As a result of lower wholesale food and farm prices, agriculture department forecasters now are saying that retail food prices probably won't go as high this year as they had expected. Of course, the January survey did not reflect the higher energy prices, which are expected as a result of President Ford's program. Although they have not been able to get together on energy proposals, President Ford and the Congress share common views on the need for tax cuts and rebates in an effort to stimulate the economy. But as Irving R. Levine has learned, taxpayers may not be ready to use that extra money as the administration would like them to. If the way people are using their money now is any indication, much of any tax rebate may be used to pay off old debts. During the past two months, Americans have been borrowing less and paying off their debts in record amounts. Americans have begun saving more instead of withdrawing money from savings accounts as in recent months. Many investors are putting money back into stocks. Other investors are looking to paintings, antiques, and gold. This is the five ounce gold bar that uh, is worth $917.50. May I look at the one ounce bar? Sure. But only if the tax refund money is spent in stores like this, on items like these, will the Ford administration accomplish what it hopes to accomplish, to revive factory production and to put unemployed Americans back to work. I'd like you to try this on for size. The automobile industry doesn't offer much encouragement because sales were not greatly stimulated despite cash rebates and the best efforts of salesmen. Only talking $6,900 for the vehicle, the way it sits. An indication of what people may do with their tax refunds is contained in an NBC News survey that shows 22% would spend it on food, 10% would use it for improved housing, but 28% would put the money into savings or into payment of debts. So, it all depends on the people. What people do with their tax refund money, spend it or save it, could determine how long the recession will last. Irving R. Levine, NBC News, Washington. The United States balance of international payments last year showed an $8 billion deficit. The Commerce Department said a large part of that was caused by a decline in investments from oil-producing countries in the last three months of last year. The Dow Jones Industrials gained seven points today on the New York Stock Exchange and closed out the week with a 22-point gain. It now stands at 734. Periodically, we have tried to report on this program on the personal meaning of all of this economic news. We've had reports on housewives, unemployed auto workers, and minority groups. 
And since consumers come in all sizes, we have this report from Jack Paxton in Cleveland. One more feature, feature? Yeah. That's another time. You use up that whole dollar. It's not just grown-ups that are having trouble with recession and inflation. Try making ends meet with after-school money at the corner candy store these days. It's not easy. It takes precise mathematics. Even the most careful budgeting doesn't always work. That's 20 cents, honey. And you have to put it back on the counter. To the national economy, candy is not critical, but it is to a large segment of the small population. When candy means that much, at a nickel a ball, a jawbreaker can be a heartbreaker. You now pay 10 cents for bazooka bubblegum, 15 cents for an O. Henry, 20 cents for a Mr. Goodbar. For a while, Dad's pay was going up as fast as prices, and as a result, so were allowances. Then recession hit. Prices kept going up. Allowances did not. I think it's stupid. I mean, I used to get a dollar for allowance. Now I only get 50 cents. It's too expensive, you know? So I'm not going to buy too much candy anymore. What'd you get for that? A nickel, I think. A nickel for a lollipop? Mm -hmm. That's not even all day sucker. That's about a two-minute sucker there, isn't it? One minute. <laughs> there are still some deals around. An occasional no. penny gumball. But gumballs are getting smaller and developing hollow places in the middle. Even the penny chew is not what it used to be. Jack Paxton, NBC News, Cleveland. In other news tonight, life in Phnom Penh, Cambodia has become so dangerous that Americans have been advised to leave the capital, and Filipino sailors are refusing to make supply runs up the Mekong River. We'll have a report on that. We'll have a special report tonight on the aftermath of a treatment that was popular for tonsils and adenoids 25 years ago. In many cases, however, the treatment turned out to be worse than the cure. And on this Valentine's Day, our Valentine, we'll have a report on the 1975 version of a San Francisco Bay love-in. These stories and more news when we continue in a moment. The men in ships of Norway have been partners for centuries. But for some today, the task is different. They're laying underwater power cables, bringing electricity to remote villages hungry for it. The cable is a new kind of underwater cable built and laid by the people at ITT. And it loses far less energy than other marine cables over far greater distances. But ITT cables will be able to carry electricity underwater 80 miles and more. From generating plants across a sea, down a river, or far offshore. With this ITT cable, power could be brought those extra miles to a lot of American communities that are running short, too. Perhaps even yours. American citizens in Phnom Penh, Cambodia, have been advised to get out of the city. The Cambodia capital has been cut off from all land and river supply routes, and the American embassy there has decided that U.S. citizens should leave for their own safety and welfare. The situation in Phnom Penh is so dangerous that Filipino boat captains have refused bonuses to make just one supply run into the city. Jack Reynolds describes the situation in Phnom Penh. 
The communist rebels are now resorting to terror tactics as they continue their attempts to take Phnom Penh. This time, they hit the central market. At least 10 people were killed and 33 wounded. The rockets hit near some vegetable stalls. Several women and children were among the victims. The enemy, apparently stalled on the battlefield, is now concentrating on what seems to be an indiscriminate shelling of the city. The main source of supply for Phnom Penh is an American-sponsored airlift flown by civilian crews. They have not been able to bring in enough supplies. It's been announced that this airlift will be doubled very soon. The U.S. government is offering new contracts to additional civilian airlines in order to take up the slack. The reason for this is a virtual closure of the Mekong River, normally Phnom Penh's lifeline. Many of the ships which have run the communist blockade are stranded at the Cambodian capital. Several of the ships that made it to Phnom Penh were sunk on their way back down the river. The rest are waiting, hopefully, for a rebel withdrawal or a government counterattack that will push the communists off the river banks. Unless this happens, Phnom Penh will depend increasingly on the airlift. And even this supply line is becoming extremely hazardous, as the rebels seem to be able to shell the airport almost at will. Jack Reynolds, NBC News. Soviet Communist Party Chief Leonid Brezhnev today spoke out in behalf of Henry Kissinger's peace efforts in the Middle East, but with conditions. Brezhnev said he is willing to give an interim agreement in the Middle East a chance only if it does not prevent an overall solution at Geneva. Secretary Kissinger was in Jordan today after completing his exploratory talks in Egypt and Israel. Although there still is no agreement between the two countries, Kissinger said he is very satisfied with his talks and that he will come back in a few weeks for more concrete negotiations. Archbishop Makarios declared today that he would never accept a separate Turkish Cypriot government on the northern part of Cyprus. Makarios made his pledge to thousands of demonstrating Greek Cypriots after Turkish Cypriots proclaimed a new separate state on that part of the island that has been occupied by Turkish troops since the war last year. Today, many doctors agree one of man's best weapons to lower his cholesterol levels is his diet. Recently, a clinical test of a total dietary program designed to lower serum cholesterol included Fleischmann's margarine, skim milk, fewer eggs, and reduced fats. Cholesterol levels were lowered an average 17%. 17%! Fleischmann's, the only leading margarine made from 100% corn oil. It costs a little more, but it's Fleischmann's. Mm -hmm. To me, steak is something mighty special. So I treat it special with A1 steak sauce. I think A1's the difference between just eating steak and really enjoying every bite of it. You know, for me, there's only one steak sauce. A1 and steak. Mmm. Nothing better together in the whole wide world. A1 and steak. I like it. How effective is Vaseline Intensive Care Lotion? Watch this. I'm adding chlorine bleach to hot water. After soaking my hands for five minutes, I feel dry, tight, really rough. Now Vaseline Intensive Care Lotion. You can actually feel it heal rough, dry hands. Shouldn't you switch to Vaseline Intensive Care Lotion? You can actually feel it heal rough, dry hands. Also try new fresh herbal.
The case of Dr. Kenneth Edelin went to a jury today in Boston, a jury of nine men and three women. Dr. Edelin is charged with manslaughter in the course of performing a legal abortion. The fetus was 20 to 24 weeks old, and Richard Hunt has more on the story. During the six-week trial, the prosecution charged that Dr. Kenneth Edelin had tried to perform an abortion, but actually delivered a live baby and then let him die. The defense contended that what happened in the operating room at Boston City Hospital in October 1973 was a competent and legal abortion. Today, it was up to Judge James McGuire to instruct the jury on what was meant by the accusation of involuntary manslaughter and how to reach its decision. Judge McGuire said there could have been no manslaughter unless a person had been born. But both lawyers found some support in the judge's statement. It confirms one of our theories of the case all along that uh, unless a fetus is born alive, that uh, there can't be any possibility of the defendant being found guilty because there's no person. I, I have pressed from the beginning here that birth is a process that commence once the placenta is detached and the subject, and in this case, respectfully, that the ultimate person is on its own systems apart from the mother. The jury was asked to decide two questions. Did the infant draw breath outside his mother's body? And if so, did Dr. Edelin then cause its death in a wanton or reckless manner? The maximum sentence, if he's convicted, would be 20 years. Richard Hunt, NBC News, Boston. There was a three-alarm fire early today in the 110-story North Tower of the World Trade Center in New York City. Many people who saw the fire at the lower end of Manhattan were reminded of the movie picture The Towering Inferno, a thriller about a blaze in a skyscraper and how hard it is to fight such a fire. Today's fire started on the 11th floor and it spread to the 14th. There was water damage down to the 9th. Fifty people in the tower were safely evacuated. Breathing apparatus was taken to firemen by elevator. Even so, 28 had to be treated for smoke inhalation. The Trade Center's windows are sealed and there are no sprinklers in the building. Only last week, the fire commissioner said, I'd sleep a lot better at night if the World Trade Center had sprinklers. Judge John Sirica today threw out all of the remaining challenges to the convictions of the four men convicted in the Watergate cover-up trial and he said he will sentence them a week from today. The four are H.R. Haldeman, John Ehrlichman, John Mitchell, and Robert Mardian. They are all con uh, taking their convictions to higher courts. In Washington, a four-day conference of political conservatives is going on now. They made it perfectly clear that they didn't like Richard Nixon and that they don't like his successor in the White House, Gerald Ford. And the American Conservative Union may very well do something about all of this, as Catherine Mackin reports. It is no exaggeration to say this meeting of the country's largest conservative organization is downright hostile towards President Ford, a big change for a group that used to think of him as one of their own. It was all expressed by keynote speaker, Republican Congressman Robert Bauman. Now today, today we're confronted with an administration which in six short months has frittered away every potential for national support by adopting policies of amnesty for draft dodgers and evaders, the biggest budget deficit in peacetime history, relentless pushing of detente to satisfy Mr. Kissinger and his ego, and a succession of presidential appointments culminating in the elevation to the high office of vice president of the single 
most unacceptable nominee one might contemplate, Nelson Aldrich Rockefeller. Leading conservatives like Clark Reed, Mississippi Republican Party chairman, and Congressman Jack Kemp urged the meeting to work within the Republican Party, but that was not the mood. There was talk everywhere of forming a third party, a conservative party. We're concerned that the Republican Party has lost its soul, and if it means that we have to start a new party, like the Republicans did when they took over the Whigs, maybe it's time. Most people are talking about the establishment of a new party organization to elect candidates to Congress and the presidency in 1976. I personally believe that in 1976, we need a new political party at the presidential level. This man, Ronald Reagan, is considered the only serious candidate a conservative party would have for the presidency. So far, he's staying with the Republican Party. In the end, it must be said, it's a whole lot easier to talk about third parties than it is to form them and to find the winning politicians to run as candidates. Catherine Mackin, NBC News, Washington. When there is trouble in the economy of the kind that we're experiencing, a kind of weeding out process takes place. People are considerably more selective about how they spend their money. Much to David Brinkley's relief, this frugal attitude is cutting away at one of Washington's most tiresome traditions, the cocktail party. David? It has long been known from the retail sales figures that per capita, Washington drinks more liquor than any city in the country. Various excuses are made for this. One is that liquor is cheaper here and people from other states buy it and take it home. But the fact remains there's an awful lot of drinking. And a lot of it is done at cocktail parties put on by lobbyists, entertaining officials, congressmen, diplomats, and others whose favors they seek. And people stand around holding a drink, a cigarette, and a handful of salted peanuts while also trying to shake hands. It's an acrobatic performance in a room hot, crowded with jostling and spilling of drinks, so noisy everyone screams trying to be heard and laughs a little too loud. It's been a Washington ritual for 40 years. But now, this week, the local caterers were complaining their party business was terrible down as much as 50% from a year ago. Apparently, with the business slowdown, the lobbyists don't have the expense accounts they used to have. Cocktail parties cost $8 to $10 a person, and the host will always get some freeloaders who can do nothing for him. So these alcoholic entertainments in your nation's capital are much reduced and said even to be dying. And it took a recession to do away with them, to do what ordinary common sense would have done years ago. Chrysler Corporation today was ordered by the state of California to recall 21,1975 model cars and trucks because of what the state called massive violations of the anti-smog laws. The state said the order affects 80% of the 1975 Dodge, Plymouth, and Chrysler cars sold in California. Chief Justice Warren Burger rejected without comment today an appeal to hold up, at least temporarily, the killing of millions of blackbirds, primarily in the South. The Army has the approval from lower courts to kill the birds at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, and the arsenal in Milan, Tennessee. The Army claims that the birds are a nuisance. My legs used to drag till I discovered... Sheer energy!
The pantyhose with all-day massage. When I slipped them on, I felt their massage begin. That's because they're made with a special springy yarn that massages, refreshes, stimulates my legs. Give your legs an all-day massage. Give them sheer energy. Sheer energy. And that was Broke My Heart in Two by the Two Tones. This is Darby at Dawn here at Station 222. Back after this word. Darby, what words do you have for Listerine antiseptic? Two times. Two times what? Two times longer. See, Listerine kills the germs. It can cause bad breath. Gives you clean breath. It lasts two times longer than the leading sweet-tasting mouthwash. How many times longer than this? Two. Two, two, two. This is Darby Dawn. For clean breath that lasts two times longer. Listerine. Tonight we have a special report illustrating the old saying that the cure may be worse than the disease. A generation ago, many doctors routinely treated some minor throat ailments with x-rays. Now it turns out that some of those who received that routine treatment years ago are having serious health problems today. Jory Lugolf has the story. These doctors are removing the thyroid of a 27-year-old woman. When she was a child, her doctor prescribed x-ray therapy for her tonsils. This was a common treatment for tonsil, adenoid, and thymus problems and some cases of acne. This radiation therapy was discontinued in the late 50s, and now it's been linked to thyroid tumors that appear as much as 25 years later, as this woman's did. Eighteen months ago, doctors studying the problem called on the medical profession to contact all persons who received neck radiation during childhood. The medical profession has ignored the plea, with few exceptions. Chicago's Michael Reese Hospital is trying to locate more than 5,000 people. It's the largest patient recall in medical history. I'm calling because she had uh, x-ray treatment for tonsillitis when she was four and a half. And we're trying to notify the people that were treated at this hospital and um, advise them to have an examination. After a year, more than a thousand people have been contacted and examined. At about the same time, in Milwaukee, a free citywide thyroid screening program got underway. No ear infections recently? No. The project director believes the responsibility for recall extends to the entire medical profession, not just those who actually gave the treatments. You know, we don't exist in a vacuum. Personally, I never ordered such a treatment. I wasn't practicing medicine at the time. But I feel I have an obligation to patients who were treated by other physicians in the past. Jeff Silver is one of more than a thousand people who've been examined by the Milwaukee team. In his case, a malignant tumor was found and removed six months ago. He underwent this body scan to make sure the cancer had not spread. It had not. This type of thyroid cancer is normally slow-growing and can usually be arrested, although in rare cases it can be fatal. Silver, like most thyroid cancer victims, had no symptoms. He underwent the first examination because of pressure from his family. I really had no symptoms of anything, and I was very surprised when uh, uh, they started calling extra people over to uh, feel different areas in my neck and that they suspected that something was there. Silver and his wife, Audrey, whose examination showed no abnormalities, were fortunate that their parents remembered their childhood treatments. Many people have no way of knowing they received neck radiation. It was a simple procedure requiring only an x-ray machine, and it was often performed in doctors' offices. Some of those doctors have died, and so have many parents, leaving many people unaware that they have a potential problem. 
Increasing inquiries from the public and attention from the news media have moved a few Chicago hospitals toward recall programs. Well, um, Julia, these are radiation x-rays when you were a child. Medical experts estimate that between 200,000 and 1 million people in this country receive neck radiation. Most of them have no thyroid problems at all. Some have benign tumors. But in a recent study, 7% of those tested did have malignancies. Most of these cancers can be treated successfully, but before they can be treated, they must be discovered. If you think you received neck radiation during childhood, you should contact your family doctor and arrange for a thyroid examination. Jory Luloff, NBC News, Chicago. Motion. Movement. People on the move. Goods on the move. It's our way of life. But will it always be? Transportation currently uses 25% of our total energy resources. Reynolds Aluminum is working to reduce that consumption. For cars, Reynolds helped develop aluminum engines and bumpers. Their lightweight saves gasoline because cars weigh less. For trucks, lightweight aluminum cabs, trailers, and wheels mean substantial savings in fuel. For highway, rapid transit, rail cars, boats, ships, jet travel. Lightweight aluminum makes the moving easier and saves energy. Transportation, movement. If we're to enjoy it, Reynolds believes we'd better conserve the energy that makes it possible. Reynolds Aluminum, conserving our resources and energy. The premise of Valentine's Day is hard to argue with. One day set aside specifically for the expression of love. But after a few years, the traditional Valentine's Day expressions of love, candy, flowers, lacy cards, well, they lose their originality. So members of a Berkeley orchestra and the Oakland Ballet Company decided that on this Valentine's Day, they'd give the people of the San Francisco Bay Area a Valentine's Day performance in Union Square. Bystanders were invited to join in. They did. And this is how it went. Friday evening. I'm Tom Brokaw. Good night for NBC News.